welcome to episode 14 of the 412 Double Play Podcast. Today is August 7th. I am, as always, your host, Michael Castrigano. Joining me, my co-host, Ed Wassel. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. This past week, a lot better than previous ones, baseball-wise. Uh, I haven't been able to watch the games as much as I would like. We're really busy, as you know, with the move, selling our house, moving to the new place. But uh, don't want to get into that right now. So let's look at the roster roundup for this busy first week of August. Starting August 2nd, Pirates traded left-handed pitcher Jose Quintana and right-handed pitcher Chris Stratton to the Cardinals for right-handed pitcher Johan Oviedo and third baseman slash first baseman Malcolm Nunez. Nunez was sent to Altoona, Oviedo to Indianapolis. Pirates also traded cash to the Blue Jays for right-handed pitcher Jeremy Beasley. Option to Indy. For uh, right-handed pitcher Colin Holderman, Chase DeYoung was activated from the 15-day IL to round out the 26-man. Uh, also on the second, right-handed pitcher Nick Mears had his rehab assignment moved up to Indianapolis from Bradenton for the third time this season. Continues to work his way back from right elbow surgery this past offseason. He's had some setbacks, still trying to make his way back to the bigs. August 3rd, end of an era as the Bucks finally... DFA'd first baseman Yoshi Sutsugo called up right-handed pitcher Johan Ramirez from Indy. Right-handed pitcher David Bednar placed on the 15-day IL retroactive to July 31st. Lower back inflammation, condition that's been reoccurring this season. Utility man Tukapita Marcano was recalled from Indy to take his spot on the roster. Parts also sent cash to the Phillies to acquire former Bucko farmhand shortstop Drew Mag- Maggi, who was assigned to Indianapolis. And then August 4th, left-handed pitcher Dylan Peters placed on a 15-day IL, left elbow inflammation. Left-handed pitcher Eric Stout recalled to take his spot. Also, catcher Tyler Heineman placed on a 10-day IL with a right groin strain. Catcher Taylor Davis called up temporarily to take his spot. And then August 5th, Pirates officially released Yoshi. They also DFA'd Taylor Davis after claiming catcher Jose Godoy off waivers from the Twins. Davis cleared waivers. He was sent to Indianapolis today. And uh, today, August 7th, we claimed third baseman Kevin Padlow off waivers from Seattle. Released outfielder Jake, Jake Marisnik. He's previously on the 10-day IL. They reactivated him just so they can release him. And that is the roundup for this past week. Uh, busy, obviously. We have the trade deadline on Tuesday to kick it off. But a bunch of injuries and guys having to come up and get sent down and getting DFA'd. Um, anything that you're specifically happy with that rhymes with Shmoshi? <laughs> um, no, not that rhymes with Shmoshi. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's it was long overdue. He he hasn't performed all year. Kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt with the uh, the injury early on. Seemed like he was doing good during his rehab assignments, but came back. Yeah, up and could not could not put it together in the major leagues. It's a big step up from AAA to the bigs. You, you you look at the level of competition. It's all like guys either prospects coming up or guys who just are never going to make it. Um, and, and I I feel like. Yoshi was just just couldn't quite. He had a couple games where he like got some RBIs, but he's just not hitting the ball well. He's not seeing the ball well. 
Um, he maybe he has a Yu Chang renaissance, goes back to the Rays, and like Chang's hitting like three thirty something with the Rays now in like seventeen games. He had a home run yesterday or today. I was like, oh, cool, whatever, it's fine. We're not competing this year, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, we 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 knew when he went to the Rays, it was game over, <laughs> basically. <laughs> So, uh, looking back at this week, definitely more fun than last week as Pirates notch four runs, five walks over five and a third innings against an uncharacteristically inconsistent Corbin Burns. First game in the Brewer series, Bryce Wilson was cruising early, gave up three solo shots in the sixth inning. Bullpen man should lock it down from there as the Bucks won the series opener, 5-3 over the Brew crew. Game two was a back-and-forth affair as the Pirates opted for a bullpen game. Led to the game being tied, going bottom of the ninth, where Brian Reynolds hit a walk-off home run to right center for an 8-7 win. And then game three, an extra innings affair. A weak spot for the Pirates to this point in the season, but after giving up a go-ahead run in the top of the tenth, Reynolds led off with a ground rule double to score Marcano from second, later scored on a wild pitch to give the Pirates a three-game sweep of the Brewers. Maybe the first time I've seen that. I feel like we always lose at least one and usually all of the games when we're facing Milwaukee. But heading well, to Camden... They, they did get ahead. rid of their all-star closer, so... They did, and it really showed because Williams... Williams was the one that gave... Devin Williams gave up the home run to Reynolds in the second game, right? Yes. Yeah, so... I don't know if they would have gone to Hater in that exact position, but he is a very dangerous pitcher. And then heading to Camden for a weekend series with the Orioles, pitching duel in game one led to Mitch Keller going six innings, one run ball, but the offense couldn't get anything going as the Bucks fell 1-0 in the opener. JT Brubaker had another rough outing, allowing three runs off eight hits in four innings as the Pirates lost 6-3. Bucks battled back in the game today, though. After going down 1-0 in the third, Pittsburgh rallied to score eight unanswered runs, including a two-run shot from Key Brian Hayes. Okay. <laughs> so we ended up going 4-2 and two on the week, which, given the fact that we're, we're playing two teams that were, at least as of last week, competing for uh, a playoff spot, feels like Orioles kind of sold, got rid of their closer, got rid of Mancini. But they're still a pretty dangerous team. Yeah, they're they're still right on the edge of that that wild card there in the AL. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to get there. It's just a really tough division. Hard to say on that. But the fact that we took three of three from the Brewers, even in Pittsburgh, you know, not having to go into – is it still Miller Park? What is, what is it called now? Great American Park? That's not it. It might still be Miller Park. I thought they changed their name. American Family Field. Never going to call it that. That is a horrible name. It's, it's it's just so tough to keep track of when they change the names like that. I think, like, the Braves... Isn't there a Truist Park or something like that? that yeah, the Braves are familiar. The Braves are Truist Park. I'm like it's it's Turner it's Turner Field. I don't I know it's not. It's in a completely different place, but <laughs> they they play in. Oh, it was originally SunTrust Park. I could even use. I mean, the the one that we'll never have to worry about changing is Yankee Stadium. 
Yeah. Probably same way with like Fenway and Wrigley. It'd be weird to see them ever torn down, but everywhere else and and Dodgers, the ravine. Yeah. But yeah, I guess all the rest. They Yeah, we've only got a couple years left on PNC before that runs out. Potentially could go the way of Heinz. Yeah, I I don't see retaining PNC. Sadly. Well, hopefully we get something that is still like sounds fine. Yeah. It's just weird when you have the same park and it changes the name. I don't know how we got on that topic, but (laughs) Uh, let's look down on the farm, see how the prospects were doing this week. Indianapolis Indians playing host to the Louisville Bats. The Indians took five of seven from the Bats this week with Hoy Park hitting two home runs. Mason Martin posting 391, 500, 522 triple slash, five walks to six strikeouts. Didn't actually hit a home run himself. Miguel Yahure pitched five innings, one run ball with three hits, one walk, and five strikeouts, while Rowanzi Contreras uh, went four innings in his start, also allowing one run on three hits with no walks, nine strikeouts. There was a tweet from Hector Gomez yesterday indicating that Contreras could be returning to the Bucks soon. Hopefully this is true. We currently need a fifth man in the bullpen, or excuse me, in the rotation. But uh, I haven't seen any confirmation on that yet, so it's hard to say. Uh, is, Indy, is that the first time he's pitched since being sent down? No. he's He's had a couple short starts since going down, but... Okay, I didn't know if they were going to have to try to work him back up before they call him up. Yeah, well, he went four innings. Uh, I think it was like 60-some pitches. He probably could have kept going, but the idea is they're trying to limit his innings, and that's, in theory, why he's down there. Right. But, you know, we we don't want him to have limited innings next season, so there's it, it's it's a weird situation, and I don't – I don't know if I love the way they're handling everything. Especially regarding him. But he's he's one of our most talented pitchers, so we definitely want to be careful with any kind of injury risk. Moving down to Altoona, hosting the Akron Rubber Ducks. The curve dropped the series to the Rubber Ducks, losing five of six. My dude Andres Alvarez hit two home runs on the week with two stolen bases. Kyle Nicholas looked good in his abbreviated start, going two hitless innings, allowing just one walk to four strikeouts. Altoona falls to 48 and 54 this year. And then uh, Greensboro uh, with the Bowling Green Hot Rods. Greensboro dropped four of six to the Hot Rods. Offense powered by Hudson Head, Andy Rodriguez, Daryl Lopez, and Joiner Pajardo, all of whom batted 400 plus with an OPS of 950 or higher. Uh, not much on the pitching side, but Jack Carey pitched five and two-thirds innings, allowing just one earned run off six hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. The Grasshoppers drop to 44 and 56. And then Bradenton with Fort, Fort Myers Muscles. The Marauders continue to win as they take four of six from the Muscles behind Juan Yerez, hitting two home runs. And Shang-Chi Cheng posting a 1.171 OPS on the week. Recent draft signing, potential two-way player Jack Brannigan out of Notre Dame, third-round pick, went three for six with a home run, double walk, and two stolen bases in his first two professional games. Already looks like the offense can stick. Remains to be seen on the pitching side. 
Valentin Linares through six innings, allowing two hits, no earned runs with three walks and five strikeouts. Joelvis Del Rosario went five innings, seven hits, one earned run with a walk and three Ks. Bradenton moves to a 52-49 and 49 record. So, um, and today's games, I think they were all high-scoring games. Except, I mean, Altoona lost 6-4 to four in theirs, but uh, Greensboro, they won 11-7. to seven. Bradenton won 10-12 to 12 in extra innings. They won 10-12? Indian... <laughs> uh, 12 to 10. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a second, uh, <laughs> secondhand uh, drunk from you. And then Indianapolis won eleven to eight. I was looking at the the order of it because they're at Fort Myers, and I was like, and somehow still got it wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I feel like the offense is really strong lately. Pitching this past week has been a struggle, and Altoona was just. I mean, they were they were getting some offense, but the um, pitching was pretty rough this week. Um, but the the first I wanted to do two specials today. The first special looking at prospects who are due for promotion, as we're kind of getting into that time of year. We're on the other side of the trade deadline. We're on the other side of the draft signing deadline. So pretty much all the guys who are in the system are in the system when they're not going to be moved around until the off season. We want to try to see what they can do. So we wanted to go team by team up the ranks to discuss prospects who we think should be up for promotion soon. Um, Ed, why don't you kick it off with uh, one of your guys for Bradenton? Well, I will give you my one and only guy from Bradenton. One of which them. Is Any of them. One of them. Yes. <laughs> Which is uh, Jace Bowen. I also had Jace Bowen. Okay. So, I believe he primarily plays center field? Yeah. Could be correct. Well, he's at least an outfielder. I don't know specifically, but... But, uh, 98 games. He's got a 278 average. 355 on base percentage. 450 slug for an 805 OPS. I think he should be sent up and uh, tested at the next level. Yeah. I, he's got good speed, uh, which is obviously why he's playing center field. He's got 20, 20 stolen bases, only, only two, two caught stealing. Um, he leads the team in strikeouts. Now, I think he leads the team in at-bats too, but um, he's got 110 strikeouts in 367 at-bats a little bit on the high side that's like mason martin territory and it's only going to get more difficult as he goes to greensboro i would expect the home runs to tick up from there he's got 14 so far greensboro is a really hitter friendly park uh, for that so i could see him continuing to excel like i said i had bowen on my list too he's a recent top 30 prospect edition um let me see did i see where he's fielding uh yeah he's he's been all over in the outfield okay oh and it looks like he's had some games at like first and second one game at third but mostly in the outfield so yeah i overall i think bowen has been proving day in and day out that he really should be getting the promotion 
Um, I mean, in the last 30 days, the strikeout numbers are looking better. He's got 24 strikeouts to 10 walks over 87 at-bats. But he's got 310 average in that time over 23 games, 400 on base percentage, 575 slugging. So he's getting better as the season's going on. Um, I, I feel like it's when they get a position opening up in Greensboro, which there's plenty of guys who should be moving from there, that they, uh, they, they should look to have him be the one promoted. So uh, for me on the pitching side is a guy that I mentioned earlier, and that's uh, Valentin Linares. The ERA is not great, but he's, he has been getting better as the season's been going on. Joel Del Rosario is another guy who I feel like every week I'm looking at his stats. I'm mentioning his name in the uh, down on the farm segment. I think he potentially could end up getting uh, bumped up at some point too, as they need some pitching depth. Uh, and Po Yu Chen, he's got a 2.78 ERA over the past, one, uh, let's see, four starts. So I could see him getting moved up. I don't know if there's stuff that they're specifically working on with him, but he's got 22 strikeouts to only four walks in that time. The, the pitching in Bradenton is probably going to be sorely needed in Greensboro because I don't have any Greensboro pitchers to, to talk about highly right now. Uh, I like Jared po- Jones. Po Chen was on my uh, top 30. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it up. I had him... Didn't I, have, I didn't have him on my list, but I had him no, as think, like a maybe. I think he was on your fringe. Hang on. Let me bring up my picks from that. I didn't have that ready because for some reason I didn't think that you'd rub that in my face. Listen, anytime you talk about one of my players, I'm going to rub it in your face. Hang on. My top 30. I had Poe Chen at 29. Oh, darn. You had him at 25, so it, we both had him, but yeah. Po Yu Chen uh, likely should get moved up in the near future. I think he leads the team in innings pitched. He leads the team in strikeouts. Um, he's got uh, 18 games so far this season, so 92 strikeouts to 30 walks. That's not bad. You, you'll take that. It's definitely better than a lot of what we're getting in Greensboro. Yeah. So, uh, and I like a, a couple of the guys who are in Greensboro. Jared Jones has great stuff, but he's just really wild. And I don't know that that's going to, if he's going to get that figured out. So, uh, who do you have in Greensboro as a potential prospect for late season promotion? Okay. So, Greensboro, I have, and we talked about this a little earlier which you said would be difficult due to his position. I have Andy Rodriguez. Yep. Who, I mean, let's see, year to date, 302 average, 392 on base percentage, 544 slug with a 936 OPS. Yeah. (laughs) Last month, what award did he get this past month? He got the player of the month. Yeah, like uh, South Atlantic League Player of the Month or, or whatever it is. Uh, like he was just crushing it la- this past month. Yeah, this past this past month, three ninety four, five hundred, eight oh three, and one point three oh three OPS. Yeah, how many home runs did he hit in that time? 
I'm so looking seven. at his defensive stuff. Yeah, seven, seven home runs. Yeah. I mean, like we, I said earlier, he's in a hitter-friendly park, but, like, he's just crushing it. He, he, there, he's got nothing left to prove in Greensboro. Right. So, yeah, he's mostly been DH. He's had – or a uh, catcher. He's had some games, like, DH, you know, some smattering at, like, first base, second base, left field. Which but... maybe is the route they take as far as this late-season call-up. You know what I mean? Having D- probably DH most of these games, but still practice with the rotation. Maybe. I mean, we've got Davis in Altoona and who's Davis's backup? Bins? No. Yeah, Bins is his backup. Carter Bins. So, I mean, they, I don't know that either of them gets promoted because they're both. Well, one, they're both kind of struggling offensively, and Davis just hasn't gotten enough reps on the season. Yeah, he he needs so, more time. The injuries yeah. have really set him back. Yeah, I'm guessing he goes Arizona Fall League. Um, yeah, love would love to see Andy Rodriguez in Altoona tomorrow. <laughs> Skip Altoona, go right to Indianapolis. Go right to Pittsburgh. It's fine. We we need catchers. We're, we're really shorthanded right now. Um, another guy I really like, Daria Lopez. He is listed third base. I think he's like third base, second base, couple positions. Um, he's right up there. He's got 19 home runs on the season. The one thing that kind of holds me back on that is I think like 11 or 12 of them are in Greensboro, which home run friendly park. One of the things I'd like to see is if he can continue to do replicate that in Altoona, which is a little bit, the fences are out a little bit further, but Hits for average, hits for power, um, really good eye at the plate. Um, I, I you can't really say enough good things about him. I think let me see, last fifteen days I'll say he's got five home runs and fourteen RBI in thirteen games. Like he he just went on a tear where he went in the past two weeks. He had a one point one three six OPS. The only guy ahead of him in that time is Envy. Yeah, he was, he was on that one as well. Yeah, so uh, Dario Lopez. Um, also, interesting, Jacob Gonzalez. We talked about him earlier on in the season, first baseman. He was in Bradenton. He was a minor league rule five draft pick we got from the Giants. Uh, he's still doing pretty well. He's got a 296 batting average. He's got seven home runs with Greensboro. Not striking out that much. Only 61 games played. He's got uh, 35 strikeouts, but he's, he's a power threat. 12 doubles to go along with it, a triple, and an 809 OPS. I mean, I wish we had that kind of production from a first baseman in the majors. Yeah, I was going to say, in a position that we are seriously lacking at. So I, I don't – there's some guys in Altoona who I think could get moved up. So potentially he takes their place, but I'll, I'll obviously I'll get to that once we jump over there. And then, like I said, with the pitching side, I really don't, I don't know. Jared Jones, good strikeout numbers. The walks are really a problem. The home runs are really a problem. Maybe if he gets out of Greensboro, that won't be as big of a problem, but um, you know, batting average against is 248 and that's not ideal. <laughs> you really want to try to get that a little bit lower. Uh, everyone on the team's 
just rough. And maybe that's, you know, because of where they play. Um, but yeah, cool. All right, moving to Altoona. Who do you like to get promoted from there? So one of my guys I have potentially being promoted is Mike Burroughs. He's already in Indianapolis. No, he's not. I clicked on him. We, we've talked about him before in Indianapolis. Uh, why did I? Maybe I didn't <laughs> click on him. Shoot. All right. I'll start off with this. So uh, I'm one of the guys I really like, excuse me, and I've talked about him extensively over the season, is my dude Andres Alvarez. Had another two home runs this past week. His batting average over the past month or so has started to take a bit of a dive. He's down to like 230-something on the batting average. But he's still leading the team in on base percentage. He's still leading the team in, um, let's see, slugging, I think. He's he's up there. Um, he's up there with home runs. He's up there with stolen bases. I think he's like second or third on the team behind Peggy and Triolo. Uh, I think he leads the team in doubles close to it. No, no, he doesn't lead the team in doubles, but um, he, he just is a very complete package. And, and I feel like they need to continue giving him opportunities. And I, I, I just like the idea of aggressively pushing him up because he's this under the radar prospect who only I seem to care about. And uh, <laughs> cause I had him 12th on mine. But he's continuing to excel. He's hit hits for average. He hits for power. Uh, like I said, he's been dipping a little bit lately. But he gets on base. I think he leads the team in walks at least. Yes, fifty five walks, and doesn't really strike out that much. So he's got fifty five walks to eighty four strikeouts. That's not bad from a guy who's pretty under the radar. Was like a eleventh round pick or whatever a couple years ago. So I really like him. There's a ton of guys in Altoona who could get called straight up to the majors. Jared Triolo, obviously really good. Blake Sable, catcher, kind of need that. He's been doing solid. He's got a 796 OPS uh, with maybe subpar defense. And then uh, first baseman I was talking about before, Aaron Shackelford. I think he went like th- – he had three hits today. Uh, let me double-check those stats. I know he drove in uh, three of the four runs that they scored. I think he either had two or three hits as well. Yeah, he went he went three for three with a walk. Run scored three, RBI. Yeah, hit a uh, home run. So I could see him getting moved up. Average isn't great, but he's got some real pop in his bat, up to, I think, now 20 home runs on the season. And uh, it, it's a position of need where he could potentially go right up to the majors. Yeah, I can see that. With a lefty bat, which, not saying that we need another lefty bat, but we don't have a lefty bat at first base. Bly's, I mean, technically there, but he's That's really not in a true position. Well, yeah, he's he's relearning it. He played it some in college, but it's been a while, so. Uh, was there anyone else you had in Altoona? I did, but let me double verify something quick. <laughs> Uh, I, I was going to mention something about Burroughs previously about how he struggled in his last couple starts in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think it's because I scratch. I, 
I didn't double verify him. I had another player that I scratched off my list. And I clicked on Burroughs instead. How dare you? Dummy. How dare you? I did have another player who is currently in Altoona, which was JC Flowers. I have Flowers. Get out. Uh, That's so funny. Yeah. He was, I think he was a fringe guy for me for, he was an honorable mention for the um, top 30 list. So, yeah, relief pitcher. He's had a couple spot starts, but mostly is like middle to back of the bullpen kind of guy. But yeah, he's got a 2.89 ERA over 62 and a third innings. Um, Not a ton of home runs. Gave up five in that time. But 53 strikeouts, so not like a high strikeout guy. A little less than one an inning. But uh, kind of gets the job done. Soft contact. Batting average against is 232. So that's pretty much right where you want it to be for bullpen guy that you're you're looking to try to get moved up and potentially be part of the next competitive team. Um, I mean, I'm also liking what I'm seeing from Tanash Thomas in his first full season in the bullpen. He's got a 3.26 ERA, uh, 39 strikeouts, only 15 walks. That's awesome. Walks, you know, usually he'd have 15 walks in like, you know, 10 innings. So that's really been cool to see. Yeah, so, well, I don't, it's nice to see him pitch. In general? Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he's he's gotten a little bit more focused on the mechanics and not because uh, he's a flamethrower. He was supposed to be hitting like triple digits, definitely around 99, I remember. And uh, I think he was flying open too much with that. And then his off-speed pitches weren't really working. So being in the bullpen, he could just kind of focus on fastball slider. I think that's a good move for him and seems to be working out. Not saying I want him promoted quite yet, but um, possibly possibly starting next season in Indianapolis, at least. And uh, jumping to Indianapolis, um, a lot of guys here who have spent time in the bigs or uh, should be spending time in the bigs. So do you want you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Uh, you can start. Okay. Um, an obvious one, not on the 40-man, but Jiwon Bay has 100% earned a spot on the 40-man. There's, I mean, we've talked about it on on and off the air on this, that it seems like maybe something's off where they're either looking to deal him in the offseason and just want to keep him where he's at because he's producing there with no intention to actually promote him because there's been plenty of opportunities to add him to the 40-man. Yeah, like and why, just... why bring up Park and not him? Well, the, the fact is that Park's on the 40-man. The fact that, right, is he still? I think he is still. I think he The is fact still. that they decided they needed to get Kevin Padlo and release Marisnik. Like, Padlo's done well in the, the minors. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but I, I feel like Bay really should. He's got 297 batting average. He's 20 for 27 on stolen bases. He's got 34 walks to 63 strikeouts in 83 games. His defense isn't great, but he is kind of a a pseudo super utility player because they play him at second base, shortstop third, 
all three outfield positions. He's he's fine out there. Uh, realistically, he he should be you know, playing second base for us. I like Marcano. I think Newman's been doing really well, but I feel like Bay's just kind of earned his opportunity to at least get a shot here, like a September call up. Got seventeen doubles, four triples, eight home runs over. 320 at bounds. Like, you'll take that kind of production. Yeah, it's it's time to give the kid a chance. So, um, I mean, obviously, I also like Swaggerty. His on-base percentage lately has been really rising. Um, he's, he's been walking a lot. But he's just not getting hits. Like, his, his batting average is still 266. So, I, I'd like to see a little bit more pop from him got seven home runs on the season and it was a center fielder and he's more like a glove first kind of guy but he's a first round draft pick in 2018 he's kind of losing that first round luster and you want to see something else happen here yeah but uh who did you have on that uh i also had swaggerty another one i have is uh sawinski coming back up yeah, he's still just hitting home runs in the minors, but uh, I guess that's fine. He's – where is he at here? Yeah, he's also striking out a ton. I don't know. He's hitting 260, which, okay, that's a bump up from what he was doing in the with Pittsburgh, which was just under 200. But in 13 games, 50 at-bats, he's got 22 strikeouts and five walks. And three home yeah. runs. Strikeout and walks aren't great. Let's see, actually, I think he's... Oh, actually, he's 16 games, 29 strikeouts, and six walks. With five home runs. So, he's been down there a little longer than I had thought. But, it's... It's all right. It's it's not the kind of production where if he wasn't previously in the majors that you'd be rushing to get him up here. No, so, but we, we've seen what he could do. Yeah, and he he's a good fielder. Uh, he seemed professional in the box. Like, he got comfortable really quick. But I, he just need, I think he needs to kind of, like, slow down the bat a little bit, try to get singles and doubles and not I don't know if he's just selling out for power every time or what, but the, the strikeouts and just overall getting out, like he's not getting walks either. You need to kind of balance it better. So that's just me. I, I'm not, I don't need the big home run hitters. I, you know, like um, Bay doesn't hit a ton of home runs, but he's the kind of guy I'd want in the lineup. And, oh, he's been injured lately, but, I'm, you know, he'll, he'll come back at some point. And should get called up. Yeah, I think he's only on the seven day. Yeah. Uh, and then on the pitching side, do I have your, your debate on this? Um, who do you have pitching-wise? Obviously, a couple guys like Contreras should get called back up sooner than later. Yeah, one second. I tried to pick guys who hadn't been up or at least hadn't been up for long. Oh, 
this. Let me see here. Uh, I think Bolton could be a a late season call up. Potentially, I hate to. I don't want to burst your bubble again. He left uh, today or yesterday. He, he had an outing and he, he left with an injury. Uh, let me check to see if there's any update on that. Uh, also, active. Godoy left his outing today. Uh, they said in post game that it was due to a cramp and like heat issues. So he's he's fine. It just it's always concerning when you know we're shorthanded with catchers and we lose a catcher. Uh, Bolton, if he is okay and there's not like any injury issues because he just came back from the injured list like a week and a half ago, the twenty seventh. So, uh, you, you got to hope that he's okay because he's just on the cusp of, of getting called up. Um, I like this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, Mike Burroughs. He's with Indianapolis. You know, I don't think I've heard of that guy, and I really hate you. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't on my list. Um, I'm thinking Miguel Yahoure. I think they, they'd probably give him a shot. Um, that's not the one that I wanted to say, though. Where is it? Uh, Nathan Kirby. I think Kirby gets called back up. I think they put him in as like relief pitcher. He came back up. He or he was up previously, I think. Um, let me see. No, he, maybe he wasn't. I thought Kirby was up at some point. Huh. Okay. There you go. I did pick a guy who wasn't up before. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's got a two point seven four ERA over twenty three innings. You know, he's he's a bullpen guy, goes one inning, does fine. Uh, he's only given up one home run in that time, which I think is big thing there. So uh, 11 strikeout or 18 strikeouts, excuse me, but 22 walks. So it gets a little bit wild, but that's just like kind of a throw in bullpen guy in September rosters expand. Just kind of see what they can do there. So, yeah. Yep, so Indianapolis is a little bit tougher to decipher exactly who, because there's so many moving pieces, and uh, obviously we've got new guys who have been added to that mix, and that leads me into the second special, which is reviewing new guys who were added this past week. So, amateur draft signing deadline passed on Monday. Pirates ended up uh, signing 14th round draft pick Julian Bosnick out of the University of South Carolina. Not the one that I thought they'd be pursuing in the, on that list, but they were not able to get 12th rounder KC Hunt out of Mississippi State. He's going to go back for another year there. Or prep pitcher slash hitter, Yol Tejada. Uh, he will go to uh, University of Florida for college. So, uh, but still, you know, 19 out of 21 is pretty good. Uh, obviously already paying dividends with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, huh. Forgot his name already. Brannigan. Brannigan out of Notre Dame. <laughs> Having success in his first two games uh, leads to be seen what we get from the other guys. But we mentioned earlier the trade of Quintana and Stratton to division rival St. Louis. Not very often you trade within your own division, but Q is gone by end of year. Stratton has another season left, I believe. We got back uh, Johan Oviedo. Mostly pitching out of the bullpen for the cards. Had a 3.20 ERA in 25.1 innings this season. Mostly slider fastball with a decent, if infrequent, curve. 
Fastball's upper 90s, slider and mid 80s, and he's been great at locating them. Strikeout and walk percentages are both looking solid this season with a 24.1 and 6.5% respectively. He was sent to Indy. The team is apparently looking to use him as a hybrid starter reliever role. Looks like they're uh, planning to stretch him out to get him starting by spring training. I would personally prefer they not mess with guys who have success in their role, but that's just me. It seems like that's just something they enjoy doing. I, I think he's – I think most pitchers start as starters, but – He was previously a starter and struggled as, as yeah. that role. So that's why he ended up in the bullpen. And that, But he was doing well in the bullpen, so it's like, okay – Whatever. Well, uh, new player to the team doesn't hurt to at least see what he can do. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I'm just not – I feel like it'd be fine for him to just come in and work out of the bullpen now. He's better than some of the other options like Benuelos or something. But Although he's a righty, so he'd probably replace – Man, this bullpen's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to text you the other day and, and say, like, hey, without looking it up, can you name all seven guys in our bullpen? Or eight guys, how, how many of it is? Um, because I was like, oh, we played that game two weeks ago, I think. We did something similar to that two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm like, could not do it now. Um, Beatty, Banuelos. Oh, no. De Los Santos. <laughs> Not going to play this game on the podcast. Anyway, the <laughs> other player acquired in the card deal was Malcolm Nunez. He was ranked 11th in the card system prior to the trade per MLB pipeline. Fangraphs had him at 20 as of 7-1. He's listed as a third baseman, but most likely plays first base or transitions to DH full-time at some point. His feeling is pretty awful, but his bat has some solid raw power to it. He's crushed 17 long balls over 350 plate appearances on the season in double A. Walk and strikeout rates are reasonable for a power guy with 13.7 and 20.3% on the season. Seems like a three true outcomes type guy. Would like to see him in Indy by end of year to see what he can do. Currently kind of sitting on the bench because he got injured, hit by pitch shortly before the trade. Um, he maybe ends up playing decent at first base or at DH, but as the return in a rental 4Q and a struggling reliever in Stratton, the return was fine if maybe a bit lackluster on the surface. Overall, I was a little bit surprised BC didn't make more deals happen, but the team doesn't really have a ton of players to deal at this point. This offseason, hopefully, it will start being about adding guys to try for a postseason spot in 2023 instead of subtracting constantly, as has been the case in BC's first three years. Ed, what were your initial thoughts uh, on that trade? Uh, initially, I didn't feel like we had to throw Stratton in there. I thought he could have been traded for a separate piece. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just me. Well, it initially came out Quintana for Nunez and Oviedo. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take that. And then it was like he got a little bit deeper into it. And they said Stratton was also part of that trade. And I was like, I don't – we're trading two arms for two guys. I, I don't – like, okay, Quintana's a rental, but he's been effective this year, and he's going to a team that's trying to contend, even if he's, like, their four, which maybe he is. I don't know. 
Um, I, I feel like that's worth two guys, one of which is a prospect in double A and the other one's a, a bullpen guy already. So I think that they both have potential. Yeah, I just think I just think throwing Stratton is was a bit much. It's just a weird, weird thing to have happen there. So I mean we'll see how it turns out long term. Quintana I think went six innings, one run against what was it, the Yankees last week, a couple days ago, in his first start with the team, so hasn't really missed a step. Happy trails to Q. Uh, for the other acquisitions this week, Jeremy Beasley, we got him from the Blue Jays, gets a lot of strikeouts. He's got a close to 30% clip, but he also gives up a lot of hard contact when he's not missing bats. Not bad as a bullpen depth option. Uh, overall, Drew Maggi, who we got from the Phillies, he's fine. Minor league journeyman, strong in base skills. Never been able to make it past AAA ball. But he's averaging around like 350, 360 on base percentage, so... We'll see. Uh, Jose Godoy, he's just here to fill in his backup catcher with our depth zone lean these days. And then Kevin Padlo, he hasn't had much success in the majors yet, but he is technically a power bat, slugging 20 or more home runs in both 2019 and 2021 in the minors. Also hasn't had much of an opportunity to play in the bigs, only 25 at-bats past two years with Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Seattle, all giving him limited looks. Worst case, he's depth at third base, right-handed hitter, of which we don't have very many. So uh, you, you had actually texted me earlier today asking who the backup for Hayes would be. I said either Marcano or Newman. And uh, I guess now long-term, potentially Padlo. Yeah, it, it, it could have just been a depth move for third, like third base. Like we said, I'd rather have someone who that's their position fill in than just throw – a middle infielder over there. Yeah, I think Marcano would be fine. Uh, I know earlier on in the season, like Castillo ended up over there. Park ended up over there. So it, it would be better to have somebody who can make competent plays. Park was just all, I don't want to see Park in a Pirates uniform again. I'll, I'll no. just come out and say it. I, defensively, he was just always bad. I'm glad that Bat's coming along and he's doing fine in AAA. I mean, th- that was just a bad trade with, a, with him and Castillo. Like Castillo was doing fine, but he was also hitting around 200 and defensively couldn't quite find his place. Should not have been in the outfield because he made a lot of mistakes out there too. But I really wonder where that decision's coming from. If it's Shelton... Or if Charrington's saying, hey, we need to be doing this kind of stuff. Like, what? I, I feel the same way about uh, relief pitchers going multiple innings. Because at some point in time, someone's got to say, hey, the this stuff. is... <clears throat> right? Like, if Charrington is is looking at that and saying, hey, you know, multiple innings, guys, isn't working. Or if this is something where he's like, okay, we definitely need to continue down this course because this is... I have a plan. I, I want to see these guys doing this and this. Because we're having, I mean, we always have a bunch of injuries. Uh, I feel like that's just a long-running joke on this team. But, like, Bednar cruising, but he keeps going after these long outings, multiple innings. Uh, Most of our bullpen pitchers 
whenever they've had to go more than one inning, like at least 70% of the time in that second inning, they end up giving up runs. And then they Shelton gets upset because the bullpen's so strapped because, you know, this guy's not available because he went two innings yesterday and this guy's not available because he went two innings the day before. To have the guy go one inning, let him put up zeros, and go to the next guy. I'm so frustrated with it. Yeah, I, I would have to assume that's coming from BC. If not, Shelton is in trouble. There's, there's no way you can you can be doing stuff like that and not have consequences. Yeah. I, I would really like Sherrington to come out and say one way or another. But, I mean, if Shelton's still with the Pirates come spring training, I, I think that'll be a little bit of an explanation on it. But we'll see on that. So, um, moving into our Stargell Stars after going four for six this week, a little bit more hype with these kind of players. So our offensive player, our former all-star, Brian Reynolds. He's had some slumps and strings of success this season, but this week was more of the latter than the former with a 1.026 OPS, double a home run, two stolen bases, and three walks to one strikeout. More of what you want and expect from your best offensive guy in the lineup. And then starting pitcher, Mitch Keller, gets the start to start this week. Six innings, allowing... Eight hits, just one run with one walk and one strikeout. He was dancing in and out of trouble the whole game as the first batter reached base in almost every inning, all but the fifth. But he stayed with it, got some good defensive plays behind him, some weak contact, kept him in the game. Unfortunately, not enough. Keller has been stellar lately. Each of his last five outings have been quality starts. In all but one of them, he allowed just one run, a 1.74 ERA over 31 innings. You'll take that any day of the week. And finally, bullpen, Stargell Star of the Week goes to new bullpen piece, Colin Holderman, over five innings and three games, including today, allowed only three hits, three walks with one hit batter, one strikeout, but no runs scored. You don't need big strikeout numbers, as Keller showed. You just need to get outs, keep guys from scoring, and that's all you ask of a guy like Holderman. So far, he's delivered. He was delivering a lot with the Mets, too. I remember seeing a lot of guys were upset that he was the return for Vogie. Uh, any thoughts, good, bad, indifferent, on the stars this week? Uh, happy Holderman's finally up. I mean, you get that trade, you see what he was doing with the Mets, how upset their fans were, and yet, yeah, sent to the AAA team. So yeah, I, I mean, Bogey's been doing good with the Mets, so I don't think they're too upset. But they did have some a lacking bullpen depth. So they're probably elated to um, have Bogey work out. But, yeah, uh, it's good to have Holderman in there. I feel like he's – hopefully they're not going to overuse him because I feel like that's going to – like I said, five innings in three games, so he's going more than one innings. But uh, in in these outings – so I feel like he'll either get injured or have a couple blow-up games. But so far doing good on that yeah we'll just have to wait and see yeah all right and then looking ahead to the west coast swing this upcoming week we've got four games at arizona three games at san francisco arizona not quite in the playoff hunt san francisco a couple games out of the wild card for the diamondback series tomorrow we've got uh to be determined versus zach gallon 
Zach Thompson goes against uh, Southpaw Henry on Tuesday. Mitch Keller versus Bumgarner on Wednesday, another Southpaw. And then Brubaker versus Kelly for the final game of the series. What are your thoughts on those matchups? Uh, well, it's kind of tough with the to-be-determined in game one. <laughs> yeah, and Contreras just pitched the other day, so I can't see him being the one called up for it. Maybe they shift the starters. Potentially. Two lefties. That sucks because we don't hit lefties well. <laughs> Never mind. It's been announced BD's going to start again tomorrow because it worked so well last week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be hopeful and say we go, we take three. I mean, Arizona doesn't really have much offense, so that's possible. Also, Bumgarner's been terrible this season. Yeah, but he's I still don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know much with Henry or Kelly, but I don't think I don't think Henry's done all that great. I think Kelly's pretty good, and Gallon's good. He's got three point three one ERA. I think he's their top guy. So um, three out of four maybe isn't a bad pick for this. Yeah, Kelly leads the team in. Oh, Kelly is good. He's got two point eight six ERA. <laughs> Whoopsie. I don't. I don't know players outside of. I'd say outside of our division, but really outside of our team. Yeah, he's got two point eight six ERA, hundred and nine strikeouts, in, uh, hundred and thirty two innings. So I will say two of four. Okay, but that would that would mean that we win the ones against the lefties. So we'll see. And then Giants three game weekend set. We've got Bryce Wilson going against. Rodone, who's a lefty, uh, TBD, possibly BD again against Webb, and then Zach Thompson going against Wood, who's a lefty. So we got four more games against Southpaws this week. Yeah, which... I'm going to say we probably only win one of those games against the Giants. Redone oh. and Webb are both pretty darn good. Giants are under 500. When did that happen? Uh, oh, they lost four games to the uh, to the Dodgers. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, not good, but that'll happen. No, we can't relate. Um, yeah, Webb is pretty good. 3.17 ERA. Rodone is very good. 2.95 ERA. Woods, not bad. 4.42 ERA. Um, yeah, I think if we win one of three, that, that would be good. I don't, I don't know. Although, you know, knowing us, we'll probably go in and sweep them. Well, because, like, we'll, we'll just win seven straight. That's very optimistic. <laughs> I'm not thinking it's going to happen. I was very <laughs> pessimistic before last week's games. So that's really the route that I should be taking. I think we both, what, called for three and three last week? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm pretty slightly, sure. Slightly better than what we thought. Yeah, how about that? Especially given the competition. Now we're facing two teams with losing record. I think we went in last week facing two teams with. Yeah. 
Baltimore, 56 and 52 after the loss today. So, but that's the thing. We're just good against good teams, and we suck against everyone else. <laughs> See yeah, that? We either play down or we play up. Yep. We just need to start playing better. But that wraps it up for us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast. I am Michael Castrogano. You can follow me on Twitter at 412 Double Play. Follow Ed at Ed underscore Wassel. Continue listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you've got those alerts on for when the podcast drops. From all of us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast, thank you for joining us, and let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks.